We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode of Trouble with the Script is brought to you by WarbyParkerTrial.com. Get a free five-day home try-on at WarbyParkerTrial.com slash trouble. Five pairs, five days, 100% free. Welcome to Trouble with the Script, a sports movie podcast that appreciates a little authenticity. My name is Kyle Banduho. Trouble with the Script is a sports movie podcast that focuses on the sports-centric aspects of sports movies. What worked, what didn't work, and what could have been done differently. Today, my guest host is the host of the podcast Internet Party, Internet Firebrand, John Duda. John, how you doing? Kyle, thanks for having me. Just uh, a couple of PGP alumni chopping it up tonight. We are a couple of couple of ex writers turned podcast hosts. Just a couple of white guys today. John and I are going to do a classic, uh, the two thousand four film about the nineteen eighty eight Odessa Permian Panthers high school football team, Friday Night Lights. Gentlemen, the hopes and dreams of an entire town are riding on your shoulders. You may never matter more than you do right now. It's time. Now, if you want to win state, you're going to have to beat a team of giants, a team of monsters over in Dallas that outweigh you about 30 pounds a man. This is real, sincere warfare. We're in the business of winning. Should we believe the hype? What hype? The hype about Booby Miles. Now, hype is something that's not for real. I'm all real. John, you requested Friday Night Lights. Where does it rank for you in terms of sports movies, and why did you want to do this one on Trouble with the Script? Oh, man. It's a top five for me, personally. I'm a huge Billy Bob Thornton fan. Um, I loved the book when it came out. I hate to be one of those people who says the the book is better than the movie, but uh, in this case, I, I really think it is. The book is excellent. H.G. Bissinger is a fantastic writer. He did a great job with that. And I think he consulted on the script for this as well. But uh, I figured somebody funnier than I would want to do Caddyshack, which is probably my number one sports movie of all time. So uh, I picked this one. It's uh, a little more my speed in terms of dramatics. I like dramas and this has a good mix of Sports action, a little bit of comedy, and uh, that drama that I always am looking for. Yeah, I mean it's solid, and um, you know after doing a quick rewatch, it you know it holds up pretty well. Um, before we before we get going, before we dive into it, um, anyone listening, you know, I ask you to subscribe and, uh, and rate and review. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, SoundCloud. You know, if, if you like the podcast, leave a five star review. Let us know what you think. Follow us on Instagram at uh, Trouble with the Script Pod, and follow us on Twitter at Trouble Pod. Um, you know, let us know what sports movies you're looking forward to. Let us know what you thought of, uh, you know, any past episodes. Follow us, grow the pod. I also um, want to apologize ahead. to any listeners out there if I'm sounding a little froggy tonight. Uh, I've got a, I'm getting over a, a little bit of a cold, so. I was doing the same thing actually uh, a couple nights ago when I recorded uh, the Dadgum podcast, which you can 
you can also find wherever you get your podcast. I just crushed like three cups of uh, ginger tea. Didn't help at all. That's dedication to the cause, though, because that sounds terrible. It wasn't good. I'm probably going to do a NyQuil on ice after we finish up here. Just a classic beverage. Classic nightcap. In a highball. Oh, man. That, that's just classy as hell. John, let's dive into it. And before we get into, you know, what worked about um, Friday Night Lights, what didn't work as well, um, you know, I have full disclosure, I think I need to, to talk about just kind of my special connection to this movie. Um, it's set in 1988 Odessa, Texas. From uh, 2009 to 2014, I actually attended college in Odessa, Texas at uh, the University of Texas of the Permian Basin. Shout out to the Falcons. So yeah, I've actually, I spent five years there. I've actually gone to an Odessa Permian Panthers football game, um, you know, in the, in the actual stadium they use in the movie. So I've got kind of, um, like rewatching this, certain things jump out to me just because I lived in Odessa and, uh, the place holds such a, uh, such a special spot in my heart. So in the movie, they, they do a lot of these dramatic overhead shots, you know how Netflix is king of the, the slow motion drone shot? Yes. I think they might have stolen this from, like, this is where they got their start was in this Friday Night Lights movie. Because they do a lot of those, and it seems like a very desolate area. So they do that, but Odessa is actually a city of like 100,000 people. I mean, especially now, like after multiple oil booms, I mean, it's it's packed. Like, traffic is crazy. Um, you know, it's not full of skyscrapers or anything, but it's a very populated city. Um, I, I did a little bit of research. Um, they did, uh, they did a lot of the filming in Manhattan, Kansas. Okay. So, um, heart of the rust belt. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They, they definitely did a lot to make it look way more desolate than, um, than Odessa really is. It would, it would surprise the, uh, the watcher, any viewer of this movie, to actually get into Odessa. A couple other like random things with this movie that, um, you know, Odessa related things just before we get into it. Uh, Ratliff stadium, which, uh, in the movie appears to be, you know, solely the home of, uh, of Permian, the, uh, the, the Permian Panthers. It is actually shared, um, with, with Odessa high school. Uh, there's actually two, like Odessa is big enough to have two, uh, 6A high schools. So there's, um, Odessa High School and then Permian High School. Yeah, there's yeah, there's Odessa High and then Odessa Permian, the Permian Panthers and the Odessa High Broncos. Do they share hallways? Like, do they share? A, no, a no, no. Building? It's different. It's different campuses. Um, and they don't play each other. No, they do. They're in the same district. They just they completely neglect to mention in the movie. I guess that's something that doesn't work. In the movie, um, I mean, at, at, at that time, I think Odessa High never, ever, you know, beat Permian. My freshman year of college, I went, you know, I had a, I had a, a friend who was local, and he was like, uh, my friend's parents have season tickets. So that, that just shows, yeah, shows you how crazy it is. But we, we went to a game. He was like, you know, do you want to, do you want to come see what it's all about? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to see it. And it, I mean, it lived up to the hype. There was like 30,000 plus people. It was, you know, crazy. Um, a lot of excited people. They were playing Odessa High. And I was like, oh man, we're about to, about to watch Permian whip that ass. Odessa High had a running back that actually did a couple of years in the NFL. Uh, shout out, yeah, Bradley Marquez. I think he played for the Rams. And he ended that game in like the second quarter. He ripped off like a couple of long touchdown runs and they just beat Permian out the building. So it was kind of a letdown in that regard. Yeah, they've fallen off since the '80s, uh, big time. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, yeah, but the the highlight was we were sitting uh, behind just this like this like couple with their two young daughters. I mean, I don't think they had any kids in high school or anything. They just came to watch the Panthers, and these daughters were under five years old, and they were like just trying to enjoy themselves, like focusing on something other than football. And the dad got mad at the wife because the daughters were happy even though Permian was losing. <laughs> which, was, which was hilarious. Um, so I went that, to a. I was living in Austin, and I, I have always been obsessed with this movie to some degree. And I wanted to drive over to Odessa, but it was like way too far. Yeah, no, it's it's like five hours from Austin. Yeah, so I ended up going to a Westlake game, and that was. I mean, I don't. 
it was it satiated my thirst for Texas football, but I don't think it was anywhere near thirty thousand people. Yeah, well, let's let's take that opportunity. Let's let's get going. Let's roll into what worked, you know, sports wise with the movie because I think it it kind of captured like the craze of high school football in Texas pretty well. What do you think worked well sports wise? What looked good? Well, um, I I loved that they lost in in the book. They lose in the uh, the playoffs. I think and mm-hmm. yeah, in real life, the, I think they in the lose in the, the semifinals. Games. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, even though they they changed it for dramatic effect in the movie to the the state championship game, I still loved that they lost that move that game. Yeah, I agree. It was it was a nice change of pace from them coming back from. I think they were down 21 at halftime, and uh, they they came up short in the movie, which I loved, and is just a refreshing change of pace, I think, from from most of these football movies that you're going to see. Yeah, because if you didn't know the backstory, you would you know you would assume they won on episode one of this podcast. We did remember the Titans, and they win on that super, honestly, like. You know, we, I talked it, about it in the podcast. Kind of, yeah, yeah, the corny, that corny improbable play. Right. Um, so you know, it would have been a little ridiculous, like if Mike Winchell had managed to scramble into the end zone. So, other thing I thought that was realistic is that they really used their fullback. Oh, uh, Billingsley, man, Billingsley. they just fed Billingsley. They they used him a lot, and I think if you you have a guy. Uh, at the caliber of Booby Miles, and he goes down for the season, you're probably going to end up having to use your white fullback who was previously blocking for Booby full-time. So I liked that. I thought that was realistic as well. Mike Allsott before Mike Allsott. Yeah. Also, Billingsley has maybe the greatest hair of any movie character I've seen. Just pure 80s. That mullet, fantastic. Garrett Hedlund's just a hot dude. Billingsley's played by Garrett Hedlund. Um, he was in, uh, he's been in some stuff. Four Brothers, Country Strong, Tron. Did you notice that uh, Winchell's character, I don't know the name of the actor, but he has been typecast in so many movies as the Texas hillbilly. Yeah, uh, Lucas Black. Yeah, he was in Tokyo Drift, which is well. A when horrible, I first saw this movie, movie, I yeah. When I first saw this movie, I thought his accent was like completely manufactured, and like no, I think it's actually real. I think that's actually how he talks. Yeah, I think that's just gonna be his role in any movie he gets. Yeah, like I think him, he worked in terms of he looked like a high school quarterback in terms of like. You know, he wasn't great at throwing the ball, honestly. Like, I think that was very high school quarterback. He's very erratic. Yeah, lots of sales, overthrows, couple picks a game, getting recruited by some weird school in Kansas that I've never heard of. I mean, he wasn't big enough to go D1. Yeah, we'll get into that recruiting thing Um a little later in in what didn't work, honestly, for me. Um, what do you think about the football action? Because I thought, like, a lot of the on-field stuff looked good. Everyone, you know, handling the ball and, you know, everything, everyone looked athletic. Um, yeah. But it, it just looked, like, it, so it looked good, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they showed every hit that would give someone a concussion they possibly could, like, especially in the state title game. That and the... Like the first day of practice, they're doing these ridiculous, like high level professional drills that you'd never see a high school team doing. Uh, the one where they have preacher just like stand in a circle and wait, oh, and they're just somebody. hitting the shit out of him. Yeah, wait for somebody to just blindside him. Like that, that's not gonna fly. Yeah, maybe, maybe it did in the 80s, but not now. Yeah, I mean, so like the action looked good, but it was just it was excessive, it was so over the top. Comer has great fundamentals. He looked good. He looks smooth, smooth runner. Covers the ball up with both arms. He gets a little cocky towards like when he starts getting good, obviously, but he was a 
a way more fundamental ball carrier than Booby ever was. It seemed like with um with the runs between Booby and Comer, it looked it looked like it was either always a wide open hole, like something yeah. like six yards wide, like a blind guy could have hit it, or they just got murdered five yards behind the line. There was no in between. Well, in the book, Booby gets injured before the season even starts, which must have been It's like in a scrimmage. So I thought that's another thing that worked well about the movie was having Booby get hurt in a game. Um, if Booby, if like I think that was a good change. If Booby gets hurt in a scrimmage, it it doesn't have quite the same effect as watching the entire stadium go quiet. Oh yeah, when, uh, for sure. When Booby gets hurt, you got to do that. And then, as as much as it pains me to say, I was dying laughing at the scene where. Booby gets taken to Midland Hospital to get his MRI. And he tries to fight the doctor because he accuses him of uh, like being a spy for Midland Lee. We used to quote that in, uh, in baseball practice in college all the time because we, we had guys from Odessa and guys from Midland. And we'd always just do the, you from Midland, right? Right. I, I think that was a universal thing if you played sports because I used to do that uh, through high school. There's some great quotes in this movie too. There's the if you want to win, put booby in. It's that all one. Uh, I used to like drink four bush lights out in a field somewhere during high school and say, "All I could do is play football." <laughs> <laughs> just an all timer, all, all time, all time booby quotes. He's just a quote machine. The uh, Derek the, Luke, man, he's a great actor. He was the uh, the his Nike over Adidas speech. Got to yep. have the black Nikes. I like that. I thought that worked because like you can, you played sports in high school. Like you can relate always wanting to have the cool stuff. I could relate to, to Comer coloring in his white Adidas. Like when I was like, when I realized that having long baseball pants was, was in was cool. Like I remember like cutting the ends of my, the, my baseball pants to make them long. Like I can relate to that. I've never liked the long baseball pants. I always thought the, the pants tucked into the the long socks was always a better look. See, that's what I went to in college, but in high school, everyone was doing like the baggy Manny Ramirez look. Like I just got into it. I've been watching way too much Ken Burns baseball lately, so I've noticed. I've noticed that Ken Burns is in the crank corner on Internet Party. Yeah, uh, I'm only four episodes through, so we're we're still like pre 1940s baseball. What is the most crank corner thing in Friday Night Lights? Oh, man. Uh, probably Billingsley coming home with that girl. And yeah, his, I his dad, like, say that. His dad is played by Tim McGraw. And uh, Tim McGraw looked like he put on a few pounds for the movie. And they gave him this like disgusting mullet, but he's balding, too. It was the nastiest hair in the movie. So Billingsley brings this girl home from a party and his dad is in the corner just watching them hook up on his couch and he's like fingering his belly button drinking a beer and he goes damn girl you grown up it was like some girl that i don't know he probably knew since she was five tim mcgraw was literally in the crank corner yeah he was in in the crank corner watching Billy, his son hook up with a girl. The uh, On that Tim McGraw thing, that was another thing that worked sports-wise, was there was a lot of old men in this movie talking about how high school was the best time of their lives. Yes. There was, uh, there was him, there was the guy that uh, Winchell, that makes Winchell hold his kid and take a picture. I was just going to say that, that dirt ball with the ponytail. Yeah, the babies and memories. All right. Babes and memories. Why don't you hold on to her? Me and the wife are going to go get a drink. I mean, it's it's very relatable. I mean, there's always those guys in high school towns. With like, it's um, they, it's like the same thing. The dads in Varsity Blues. Shit, those boys are having the time of their lives out there. Yeah, you've got one of those dads on every high school football team. Oh, yeah. The part where... Mr. Billingsley walks onto the field during practice, though. That's you can't have that. So I gotta. That's something. Let's dip real quick into the what like didn't work for me. I get we can we can be fluid with this because there's a lot of stuff that in Friday and Friday Night Lights that 
it works until like until it doesn't. So like Billingsley's dad is like the you know the aggressive like you know fairly abusive yeah the drunk, the drunk that works. What doesn't work is him coming onto the field because like it's not like he was like an all American or something. We're just gonna let this guy have the run of the mill. Like he was on a high school state championship team, but even at Odessa, like unless you're Booby Miles, that doesn't make you a legend. Like I don't know if if Coach Gaines is letting him come on the field. I really don't, no, especially not- with all the reporters there. I don't think that's happening. I'm not sure if you would be doing open practices either. If your team is getting geared up for a state championship run, you've got all this hype behind you with the all-star running back. Like, I don't know if you're holding open practices. I don't think so either. Yeah, I, I think that I think that doesn't work. I had this written down, but now I'm I'm not so sure it 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 doesn't not work. If that makes sense. <laughs> I would just never do this. So Billingsley and Chavez are eating uh, their breakfast in the parking lot of a 7-Eleven. And they're both drinking chocolate milk and eating gas station burritos. But if you're living in Texas, isn't there a plethora of options available to you other than 7-Eleven to be getting your, your breakfast tacos, your breakfast burritos? So I'll be honest in uh, in Odessa, Texas, there if you want a, if you want like really good tacos, you have to drive into West Odessa, which for them it's like a ten minute drive, and most of the gas stations, at least from two thousand nine to to twenty fourteen, had solid like beef and bean burritos. Like I'll, I'll I've had a stripes, uh, stripes is a gas station, the gas station uh, company or gas station brand, whatever across the street from from my college and I've had a, a few fried stripes beef and bean burritos before so I'm not gonna kill them for for eating the beef and bean burrito it's not the same kind of taco culture as there is in in Austin fair enough fair enough I just this is my own OCD coming to light I just don't like people chewing food and Billingsley was like hung over and wiping chocolate milk and gross burrito from his face and talking to this cop just grossed me out you know what billingsley did do well with something in his mouth though is billingsley actually looked <laughs> like he knew how to he looked like he knew how to dip you didn't think i was uh, going that direction did you? i i didn't and now that you mention it you're right that's something that i value in sports movies um i talked about it on episode two in a league of their own that tom hanks throws a chew in there and he just looks like a natural really like yeah oh yeah he looks great if you ever watch a league of their own, like it looks like Tom Hanks has been chewing for 50 years. The opposite end of the spectrum is that like, I always compare it to Brad Pitt and Moneyball, who looks so uncomfortable with a dip in his mouth. It just doesn't look realistic. Billingsley is like a West Texas kid. I buy it. I buy him. I buy him dipping. And that that's like, that's good for me in sports movies. I like that. You're, you're referring to when they were shooting rocks, right? Yeah, they're shooting rocks and uh, the scene after um, after uh, Tim McGraw, the drunk, has thrown his state championship ring. Ah, uh, uh, yes, the morning the after. Yeah, he's sitting, he's sitting and and dipping and just sitting in the chair, dipping, waiting for his drunk dad to wake up. Yep, and his dad pulls a a half gallon of chocolate milk out of the refrigerator, drinks it straight from the bottle. Gross. What was so chocolate milk was a big thing in this movie now that I think about it. Yeah, and I don't like the pre mixed stuff that you can buy at the store. I like Nesquik. That's my preferred chocolate milk. I was never a Hershey syrup guy. I love a good chocolate milk with a Hershey syrup. I'm honestly kind of starting to crave it right now. But then I think but then I think about Billingsley's drunk dad drinking and it, it takes the craving away. The problem with Hershey syrup is you never know like where to stop with Nesquik. You can measure out the scoops. That's fair. That is, uh, that is fair. Like there's nothing worse than overly chocolatey chocolate milk. Well, I mean, I guess that's why the Billingsley's just straight up buy it. They just, they have a, uh, yeah, they they have a company. They think hits a ratio and they, they buy their chocolate milk. Probably Prairie farms. Prairie farms has a decent, pre-mixed chocolate milk that I'll drink in a pinch. Yeah, I don't think the uh 
I don't think the Billingsleys are going like promised land organic or anything. So that sounds about right. No, absolutely not. Well, they didn't have that in the eighties either. That's true. That's true. No, nothing was organic. It was just, is it like the wild West out there with your food? So going off of that, do you think Billingsley was the best on-screen athlete? So, uh, I mean, he looked the part as the fullback, but I think for best on-screen athlete, you you have to go Derek Lucas Booby. Okay, I I agree with that take a hundred percent. I mean, he looked the part. He looked great. He was ripped, shredded. Yeah, I mean, he, like when that first scene when they introduce him and he's running to the uh, to the field, which why the, by the way is on like a highway like that you can't run there there's just no way from wherever booby lives there's no way he can run to the field that's just another like o- odessa specific thing that that didn't work but worked fine in the movie but yeah he looked i mean he definitely looked the part i mean he could even pass and he can pass yeah, exactly what what was his dad's name lt lv his uncle L- lv yeah uh that that didn't work for me either. Him talking to a bunch of high level recruiters at practice. Yeah. Well, there's always the uncle. This the that's like the thing. Like there's uh there's Kawhi's uncle. There's oh, always yeah. there's always the uncle. The guy trying to cash in. Yeah, yeah. They and um he can pass though. That was a funny part. It was another quotable one. Um the last thing that, that really like worked well for me, um and it, it had to do with the uncle, and it's kind of what, what jogged it. And it's kind of a more serious thing. When Booby goes and picks up all his shit from the uh, from the locker room, basically he's done playing, his, like his knee is fucking shredded, and he goes and picks all his stuff up, and he gets back in the car and starts you know, crying to his uncle. How are we going to do I can't do nothing else but play football. Hey, hey, don't worry about that. Don't worry about I can't be doing nothing else. I can't do nothing else but play football. What? We practiced it. We we practiced. You told me he was gonna go to the pro. That actually like worked for me. Like humanized him and humbled him in a way that you hadn't really seen in the movie. And any, I think anyone who's ever played sports who's really like like associated themselves with that sport. Like I, I honestly, I felt a little bit of this way when I was done playing sports. It was you kind of like associate yourself like I'm a baseball player I'm a football player I'm a basketball player and it's like you know what am I gonna do now um you know I'm not that thing anymore and since Booby had literally thrown all of the stock in his life into football watching that kind of crushing end scene it actually really worked it was it was the most emotional part of the movie for me like more than the state championship game definitely 100 percent uh when he's throwing all those like Mercedes uh, booklets away. Yeah. Just depressing as hell. Yeah, it's sad. Um, it, it's especially sad knowing it's a real-life story and the real-life Booty Oh, Miles, yeah, like, that guy's story yeah. is terrible. Yeah, it's rough. It makes it all the worse. But Yeah, reminded me a lot of uh, the best that never was. Yes, Marcus Dupree. Although Marcus Dupree still made it to the NFL. Shouts to Marcus Dupree. He did. He did. Um, but yeah, like a very similar with the with the knee with the knee injury and everything. Speaking of the knee injury, I kind of want to go into what didn't work. Um, first and foremost, a lot of irresponsible adults in the movie when it comes to Booby's knee, and I thought that was kind of a bummer that they were just like that. Coach Gaines is just like, yeah, I'm gonna take this kid who's really hungry to get recruited and get out of Odessa, and his uncle at their word that his knee is fine. Yeah, I I don't see that happening. I'm sure a school that large probably had a you know, a trainer on staff that would have taken him to Midland long before the fourth game of the season. Yeah. I just thought they they kind of threw the character into the bus and every in every other kind of instance of that character in the movie of Billy Bob's character, Coach Gaines, you get the sense that he like genuinely cares about the kids and cares about the team. And it was just kind of against character that he's like, you know what? I think this kid's fine. I'm going to throw him into the most important game of the season so far with a knee that I'm not entirely sure is structurally sound. Also, that tackle looked more like he got his leg snapped in half. Yeah, it was gross a torn ACL like 
that should have been a broken leg over the ACL, which people break and sometimes don't even know they've, or sorry, torn. Uh, some most of the time, people don't even know they've torn it. Yeah, they they threw Coach Gaines under the bus with Booby's injury entirely because when he gets hurt in the game, it's because. Comer can't find his helmet and he's just like you know there's like a minute left and they're up by 35 or something he's like booby get on in there it's like i don't I really i really don't think he would still put booby back in like he would find if you've taken booby out you, you i don't think you put him back in you've got to take some liberties in big hollywood movies with with, with the story so yeah, I, I kind of, I understood that. It just felt like they threw him under the bus. He also let Booby get the shit hit out, hit out of him in the first practice too. Like I don't know if you let your star running back take that many licks in the first practice. No, you're probably putting a a red jersey on him and Winchell. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like Todd Gurley. It was when the Rams were on hard knocks and Fisher was just basically telling everyone no one hits thirty. Right, it's right. The same thing. <laughs> the same thing was there anything else that didn't work for you that stuck out i have a lot of like small dudes uh, small things um i'm trying to to think other than the gas station or the 7-eleven burritos with chocolate milk not really that just that grossed me out well there's something that you mentioned before we got on the phone or before we started recording was the visors that guys were wearing oh Yes. So uh, there was a little bit of Under Armour on the the players and even Booby's cleats were uh, the design of the Nikes he was wearing were just too uh, new. Like those would have been things you'd see in a a mid 2000s football team. It looked like production went and like bought him at Dick's right before. Right. Right. That's exactly right. I don't even think they wore visors in the 80s, did they? I don't think so, but I certainly know they didn't wear like the Oakley visors with the little the symbol above the face mask. Like they look like the state semifinal game, it looks like the guys are right in the uh like right out of 2004 or the state yeah. championship game. So like late 80s everyone has their choice of like one of three face masks, I think, the butt crack for the linemen, just the two bars, one going down the middle and one going uh, you know, the other way. Yeah. Uh, and then there was like the QB face mask, which was also used for the running backs, the receivers. And there's still like very little padding in those helmets, which the, the helmets they wore in the movie did not look like that way. Yes, exactly. And then I did like that. They had the tearaways. They, they got that right. They did. The, yeah. The jerseys look sweet. Mm-hmm. The jerseys looked authentic, which I, I feel like is like the easier thing to get. Yeah, definitely. And I liked Roy Williams' cameo in the movie as the Midland Lee assistant. Yeah, that yeah, was good. That was fantastic. Noted, uh, noted Odessa Permian alumni legend. And then the I loved the head coach at the end of the movie who refused to kick field goals. You'd go for two in every situation. Yeah, I love that move. I thought that I thought that actually worked really. I thought that that made them so much more intimidating. It absolutely did. And also the barking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that team was the team had a uh, future NFL Hall of Famer Jesse Armstead on it, which is tight. Um the the Dallas Carter team that uh that Odessa Permian lost to. Yeah, that that team was that team was on top of things. I have a couple small things for what didn't work. Um, in the first open practice, you remember when Booby's getting interviewed by, by like, like the, the news, news team, team or whatever? And they're like, Booby, how are your grades? grades? And he's like, my grades are great. There's only one class. That's football. Like, he basically commits an NCAA violation. He's just like, I, he says, like, I'm an athlete. Like, he be, like right away, like, oh, Booby Miles is ineligible right there. So, yeah, Booby Miles, NCAA violation, high school violation. He's out for the season. He's suspended right away as soon as he, as soon as he says it. The uh, the small school recruiters flying all the way or driving all the way, however long it was, from Kansas to Odessa, which I think is like a twelve hour drive, to uh, just meet with Mike and not not offer him a scholarship. No small no. school recruiters is coming all that way to if unless they're definitely offering that kid a scholarship. There's no way. Yeah, and that just seems so depressing for Mike. 
It was the saddest recruiting visit ever. Yeah, like I know you want to get out of your crazy mom's house, which they never really tell us what's wrong with her. Is she just like just seems so crazy? Proper? Yeah, they they just basically make her seem as though she's like strange. Like they don't, they're not like you know, um, you know something's wrong with her. She's got you know this thing going on. They just make her seem strange, which is odd. Yeah, that was kind of bizarre. And two things have just popped up for me that don't really work. One is the televised meetup for the coin flip, which is awesome. I th- yeah. I thought that was amazing how they do the tiebreaker, but that there has to be a better way to do this. Well, that they did take that from the book. That was something that actually happened, but I know they would have. Yeah. Are you, are you talking? They should have done something different in the movie. I just, I, I feel like they should have done something different in real life and in the movie. That just does not seem fair. Yeah. Could, could you do like a, like a three team playoff of some kind to get into the, the regular playoffs. Is that possible? Yeah. Some sort of plan. I don't know. I was doing, I was actually doing some research before we did the, uh, the podcast just kind of refreshing myself on the book and that coin flip um knocked midland high out right and midland high hadn't been to the playoffs in years and they didn't get to the playoffs until like 2002 that is that was their just, one chance and they got just destroyed so by cruel, a coin flip. but it's it's also the most texas thing i've ever heard of it really is like it just all right we're gonna flip for it boys got nothing else at a shitty truck stop. Just, yeah, it, it, uh, the coin flip definitely doesn't work. It's definitely climatic, but at the same time, it's very unsatisfying. Yeah. And then the, the other thing was them meeting at an airport to decide where they were going to play the state championship game. Like the coaches aren't deciding that. Yeah. It's, it's up to like, two school superintendents, I think. And the, also the race factor talking about different colored zebras. I don't, I don't think you're having those conversations. Yeah. Well, and they pick Houston, which is as far away for Permian as possible. It is on the, (laughs) is clear on the other side of the state. They played the actual game in Austin, which is about, it's, it's about as close to meeting halfway as you can get for, um, for Dallas and Odessa. And Gary but Gaines Houston comes up with Houston. As the yeah. yeah. He's not thinking that. Yeah, he's like, how about, uh, how about the Astrodome? So, uh, so all our fans can drive 10 hours away across the state. Well, he probably also knows that they're going to drive anywhere. Yeah, but... They, they could have had this game in Georgia. Yeah, well, they mentioned, uh, they mentioned San Antonio, and like that would have been the... That's the winner right there. It's like the same distance for both of them. But what is it? no, I guess that would have made what too much football sense. Stadium is in San Antonio. We got the Alamo Dome, home of the AAF San Antonio Commanders. John, as oh. of recording, as of this recording, they are two and two. Uh, this episode will come out later, later in March. So you get a jersey yet? I got a pennant on the wall in my kid's game room. Very nice. Yeah, I've been not watching quite the jersey, but. I've been watching some AAF. It's it's good football. It's good I'm spring into it. football. I'm into it. San Antonio draws like an Odessa Permian Odessa Permian game. We're packing the house. Let me ask. You've been to a game, right? I have. Yeah, we yeah we went uh, a couple weeks ago. Were they giving tickets away? Were they giving you like free Bud Lights in the parking lot or what? No, no. It was it was exp- I mean, the tickets were very like reasonably priced. Like. I mean, we got really good seats for like a hundred bucks, like three tickets for a hundred bucks. Jesus, good seats. But man, it's football in San Antonio. You you got to go. We we don't get nice things very often, and like parking was twenty bucks. But good lord, I didn't I didn't think they were swindling people like that. Well, that's why no one's going in San Diego or Birmingham or Memphis. They need to do like some promotional events. San Antonio is just so desperate for football. Are they? Oh, so desperate. It is, it's a, it'll be very sad if this league folds. It'll be like another letdown for the, for the city. They haven't been on board with the Austin soccer club then? 
Now we've uh, they've got some sort of yeah. San Antonio deserves an MLS team too. San Antonio deserves a lot of things. They're like the <laughs> yeah. they're like a San Antonio is like a like the bad stepchild for all the other cities in Texas. <laughs> Everyone else gets football teams and baseball teams, and we have the Spurs and UTSA, and that's it. Well, the Spurs are fun to watch. Yeah, the Spurs the Spurs had. Uh, the Spurs have won their championships, unlike Odessa Permian in this movie. I'm sorry, I, I got us way off track there. I, I could talk about the AAF all day, though. I'm here for it. I've actually, I've actually uh, talked about the AAF on uh, on Dadgum as well. So I just I can't get enough of it. Uh, I don't have I, enough knowledge to talk to you about it. I'm sorry. I've got a couple more what didn't work things, just like nitpicky things. Did you notice that a lot of dudes in this movie, a lot of the football players, had like cuts on their face after the game? Oh, yeah, of course. They were using, like, bloody face as a thing. And, like, you don't really <laughs> see much of that. No, you don't. There are very few instances where your face gets fucked up like that. You might get a broken nose, uh, like, under a, a pileup. Your helmet comes off. Somebody punches you in the face. Things get messy underneath a pile. But uh, they definitely did that. Yeah, I think every game some guy had like a broken nose or a the cut cheek or were something. Gruesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they definitely they went all out to make you realize that like, hey, football's violent. Yep. The guy coming off the field with the dislocated finger, which does happen a lot. It does. Uh Billingsley getting his shoulder dislocated and popped back into place before that final run. Yep. I've seen that happen on the sidelines before. So not entirely inaccurate, but before the final run, I don't know. This wasn't something that didn't necessarily work for me, but I thought it was just funny. Did you notice how they cured Billingsley's fumbling issues? <laughs> no. So the beginning of the movie, like the opening scenes, the practices, the first few games, he's gloveless. He's wearing gloves in the state championship game. Well, you got to put your cutters on. I thought that was hilarious that he was like wearing gloves and they're like, is that their way of saying like just wearing gloves is the only problem? I found that gloves are more of a like look good, feel good, play good thing. Like they don't actually help you all that much unless you're a wide receiver um, and it's raining outside. So I, th- I would say that the thing that helped Billingsley was – his drunk dad uh, taping a football to his arms when he's hooking up with that girl in his house. I mean, that's classic parenting right there. But the the gloves thing makes sense. I mean, to quote Mike the Situation Sorrentino, if you're looking good, you're feeling good. If you're feeling good, you're going to get good results. Sure. Look good, feel good, play good. Yeah. John, what is this movie like if it's made in 2019? It's not that, not, it wouldn't be that far off. The movie's only 15 years old. Um, are there any big changes you think they make? I think they would cast, recast uh, Billy Bob with Daniel Day Lewis as the head coach. I just watched Phantom Thread, and uh, that was a bad way to send the greatest actor of all time off of the silver screen. I think you bring him back, offer him whatever he wants. You throw throw him the kitchen sink to come in and act in Friday Night Lights as the head coach. So I think that's like that's astounding to think about. To think about Daniel Day Lewis making a comeback to make a high school football movie, but I, I would I would dump money out of my wallet to see it. Hell yeah you would. I'm trying think, to think of who would play like Winchell and Booby. Booby would have to be Michael B. Jordan. So he's already po- he is like popped up in the la- he was on uh, episode three when we did Major League. He was the choice for Willie Mays Hayes, okay. I believe. He's just like he's the hot athletic pick. I feel like if they made this movie, it would be with like a lot of actors we don't know, like like teen actors, like. Um, yeah, know, people on the show Riverdale. I'm not really that familiar, but yeah, something I, like that. I think you're right. Like a Jacob Sartorius would probably be in it. See, that name just went over my head. I got no idea. That's what I what I needed you on here for. He's a Twitter guy. Uh, Matty B would probably be in this movie. Oh God! Shouts to Matty B. And this reminds me, 
uh, some of your listeners are going to take offense to this, but I don't care. This movie is light years better than Friday Night Lights, the TV show. That's a hot take, and I will fully admit I have not watched the TV show. I'm in the small minority of people in uh, in the world who have not watched Friday Night Lights, the TV show. Without this movie, you don't get Connie Britton as Tammy Taylor in the show. She play, She also plays Sharon Gaines in the movie. That's such like a weird thing. Yeah, I know. And the the TV show is obviously more of a, a soap opera. There's a lot more, you know, small town drama and definitely not as much actual sports being played. Um, the movie just knocks the TV show out of the park. So I've actually kicked around the idea of doing um, mini-sodes based on TV shows with sports action. I've thought about down the road doing some, um, basically doing my initial Friday Night Lights watch and then maybe doing episodes based off the football action in each season. But, you know, now I'm going to have the expectation that Friday Night Lights, the movie, is better. I mean, this movie holds up. I, it wouldn't surprise me if it is better. It it definitely holds up, and it's... I mean, I didn't even realize they made it in 2004, but you can you can go back now, pop this thing in the DVD player and watch it. I was fully I fully enjoyed it. The rewatch like um, for a couple of these, like I'll admit when I watched uh, Major League, I just went through the sports action. I love Major League. Um, It's just I've seen it a million times. I knew where the sports action was. When yeah. I started this movie, I was planning on doing the same thing. And like 10 minutes in, I was like, you know what? I'm all in. I'm watching every single scene. It it, uh, it holds up. The only big change I think they make in 2019, I think they make Dallas Carter like less of a dirty team. Like it was very, um, I'm not going to throw out the word racist, but it was definitely like, oh, the, you know, they're the dirty team. Right, right, and, right. You know, definitely like the, you know, Permian is the good guys. I think they probably ease off the gas on that one a little bit. Um, just make them more like intimidating and good as opposed to intimidating good and super fucking dirty. Well, I know that uh, those schools in Dallas were heavily segregated in the 80s. Yeah. So not saying they were dirty, but um, they were definitely all black. Yeah, they just they just made them they just made them ex- an extremely dirty school. Uh, yes, and the, before the I forget, dirty. yeah, explosions in the sky did the soundtrack for this movie. Hell of a job. Yes, the uh, the song um, the song that they walk into your hand and mine. No, 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 the song that they walk into in the state championship game. Oh, uh, I have this. I've had yeah. it on my iPod for years it was like the ultimate pump-up song yeah the one that where the guy goes that one that's the one yeah i don't have to go find the audio track now i want to say uh, i don't know i for the life of me i can't remember regardless it was good the soundtrack is good the theme like the theme is good the theme really holds up oh yeah your hand and mine that's that's the name of the the main theme uh, for the the movie was your hand and mine by yeah. explosion in the sky. It holds up. So if they make it in 2019, I think you rip off the exact same soundtrack. I really you really don't change a lot in this movie because like a lot of the things that you can do, like the gear that they were using, like the visors and the updated Nikes, you can throw those in now. It looks great. You, you, you know, if you set it you in don't 2019, have to change much. I think you keep the ending the same. The Permian loses the game. I love that, like I said. Um, maybe take the maybe take Booby out in that scrimmage, though, like in the real book. Why not? Yeah, I think that's not a bad. I see. I would love that. I would love for them to not throw Gaines under the bus because that's the the one the one strike against his character is essentially he sold out Booby Miles's career to like win ball games, which you you hate to see it. You do, and maybe maybe you get Booby some proper medical treatment. Yeah, maybe maybe make sure he gets that MRI. Maybe go with him. Yeah, can an MRI fix your knee? <laughs> no, it can't. So many quotable Booby Miles lines. John, is this movie on your Mount Rushmore 
of uh, of sports movies, or is it in your top ten? Where is it for you? It's top five for sure. So I think top it's five. just just missing the Mount Rushmore. Okay, that's respectable. So it's five. Yes, it's five. It's five. That's it. I mean, it's a it's a good movie. It's held up really well, and I gotta say, I've enjoyed talking about it tonight. Yeah, I I appreciate you having me on. I love uh, doing the the late night Skype call for this. It's good, man. I, I've enjoyed it. John, is there, where, where can the people follow you? What can the people expect from uh, your podcast internet party? Sure. Um, people can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my personal Twitter is uh, D U D A R O N O M Y. It's Deuteronomy. Uh, Instagram is due to John. And then my, uh, my podcast is, is called internet party. Uh, we're at I-N-T-R-N-T-P-R-T-Y on both Twitter and Instagram. And uh, just me and my buddy here in Chicago shooting the shit about whatever comes to mind, really. Uh, we're, we're not taking ourselves too seriously at this point. So it's just a, a fun, creative outlet. And um, blogging has kind of fallen by the wayside for me as of late so i've been trying to focus on the podcast but um this this coming month i'm really trying to ramp back up the blogging a bit more yeah doing uh doing the pods definitely um it's time consuming it is it is it makes it it makes it very hard to write but um you know I, i appreciate you coming on um you know everyone check out internet party the folks love the crank corner um, as for, uh, as for this pod, make sure you're subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. That's Apple podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, um, rate, leave a review, you know, you help us grow this. I'd really appreciate that. Um, follow us on Instagram at trouble with the script pod, uh, follow us on Twitter at trouble pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Banduho and we'll catch you next week. Thanks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.